you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. Listen on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify. And follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I hope you didn't spend your afternoon watching the uh, the hearings at uh, Adam Schiff for Brains House Intelligence Committee uh, because those are three hours of your life that you cannot get back. I, in fact, watch those hearings because I have to report it to you. And I certainly could have found a better use for my three hours. This is, if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, Russiagate 2.0. This is a, a Groundhog Day, a sequel to the movie, if you will. Uh, that is designed to put the president back on defense. The president was uh, insufficiently chastened after the uh, the Rus- Russiagate witch hunt and the two-year-long uh, special counsel jihad against him and his administration and his family and everybody he's ever associated with. And he appears to be determined to get to the bottom of the origins of the Obama administration's interference in the 2016 presidential election and then their attempt to overturn a a, a duly elected president after Trump took office. And so they've got the same cast of characters up there, and, and Adam Schiff is a uniquely repulsive figure. Uh, maybe only rivaled by... Jerry Nadler, the other, uh, you know, head of this this uh, this two pronged snake over in the House Judiciary Committee, but um, you know, having failed to uh, to dislodge him with the Russiagate hoax or the Stormy Daniels smear or accusations of obstruction of justice because he didn't hold still and take his beating or the so-called emoluments clause, or so many of these fake hoaxes, the Deutsche Bank, um, Russian oligarch co-signer. Every, every week it's been a new uh, information war lodged by the media and their Democrat um, you know, masters against the American people and this administration. They've all failed. And now they've, uh, they're desperate because they know that they're on the track to lose the 2020 presidential elections, and they think that the only way they can win is to somehow muddy this guy up right ahead of the election with this impeachment effort. And the, 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 the weakness of this latest episode is just breathtaking. They come out and they say, well, the president um, offered... 
some sort of quid pro quo on a phone call with the new Ukrainian president. And, uh, and he's selling his office and he's engaging in campaign finance violations. And then before the, the actual transcript that the president had already announced that he's going to release come forward, the media, the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all the networks, NPR, they roll out all of these mischaracterizations of what actually took place on the call. Instead of waiting literally less than 24 hours to find out exactly through the transcripts what went on. And CNN was uh, sort of led the way they actually, um, after the transcripts were released, deleted major portions of what was said in order to make it look like there was a quid pro quo. They, uh, they deleted 540 words between I would like you to do us a favor and uh, Joe Biden's name. It was blatantly dishonest. Everybody in Washington that calls themselves a journalist knew it was dishonest, and yet National Public Radio, the New York Times, the Washington Examiner, which is uh, supposedly a reporter, Republican organ, organ, but is deeply anti-Trump. All of them went along with this lie to try to set this in stone. And the reason, and the and the fact that they did illustrates to you just how desperate they are to keep Trump from being reelected. Now, if they actually thought that Trump was weak and vulnerable, they would wait until twenty twenty to uh, to to challenge him during the election, but they know they can't win. And so today we were treated to this hearing in front of Adam Schiff for brains on this whistleblower complaint. Now they spent three hours talking about the contents of this whistleblower complaint that was based on this phone call between Trump and Zelensky, the new Ukrainian president, when they actually had the transcript of the call. So instead of talking about the whistleblower camp, uh, complaint, you would think that they'd want to talk instead about the actual transcript of the call. But that doesn't work for them because the transcript of the call shows that there was no wrongdoing on behalf of the president. The president was simply exercising his authority and responsibilities as the uh, chief law enforcement to see that the laws are faithfully executed to try to get to the bottom of the Russiagate hoax and whether or not Joe Biden in his role as vice president um, sold out his office in exchange for $3 million for his formerly um, drug-addicted Recovering drug-addicted son, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's only, sole and only qualification for holding that position on the board of that Ukrainian gas company was that he was the son of the American vice president. But they got good uh, value for their $3 million because, in fact, Joe Biden 
had the prosecutor that was uh, looking into their corruption fired. And we're supposed to all just act like that that is somehow, uh, you know, benign and, and not prima facie corruption. And so Adam Schiff opens this hearing today faced with the contradictions between his whistleblower complaint that is wrong on almost every substantive issue and just basically uh, is a collection of hearsay and innuendo. And so he has to attack the actual call, and, and so what he opens his statements with is a total mischaracterization, really a uh, a dramatization of what he would like the call to c- contain, but what it actually didn't contain at all. The essence of what the president communicates. We've been very good to your country, very good. No other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. None of this was in I want you to make call. up dirt on my political opponent and understand lots of it. A lie. On this and on that. I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. You know, you can only conclude listen, listening to this dramatization uh, and fabrication of what went on on this call that, um, one, that Adam Schiff is mentally ill, deeply dishonest, and two, that he is talking to people in this resistance movement that are equally mentally ill and dishonest because they're refusing to accept the reality of the phone call, which they have a transcript of and putting into the, uh, the public consciousness, a total and complete lie based on what Adam Schiff and his fellow, uh, resistance zealots would like for this phone call to say, I'm going to start at the beginning. The essence of what, the president communicates we've been very good to your country very good no other country has done as much as we have but you know what i don't see much reciprocity here i hear what you want i have a favor i want from you though and i'm going to say this only seven times so you better listen good i want you to make up dirt on my political opponent understand lots of it on this and on that I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's got the whole weight of the American law enforcement behind him. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him. Trust me. You know what I'm asking, and so I'm only going to say this a few more times in a few more ways. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. This is, in sum and character, what the president was trying to communicate with the president of Ukraine. It would be funny if it wasn't such a graphic betrayal of the president's oath of office. What it was was a graphic betrayal there by Adam Schiff for brains of a total fantasy that lives in his bobble head. 
there was nothing in the transcript that bore any resemblance whatsoever to his what he later called in the in the uh, hearing a a parody a parody of the phone call so now adam Schifferbrains is doing a parody at an impeachment hearing for the president of the united states that's how little respect these people have for the well-being of this country for his part the ranking uh, republican on the committee devin nunez who is a true patriot and true hero that uncovered the wrongdoing by the deep state in the form of James Comey and Jim, uh, uh, John Brennan in uh, the 2016 presidential election, opened by trying to set the record straight and calling uh, what was going on with this latest information war against the administration and really against the American people exactly what it is out of their latest information warfare operation against the president it's on the roll it's on the rollout of their latest information warfare operation against the president sorry about that and their extraordinary ability to once again enlist the mainstream media in their campaign this operation began with media reports from the prime instigators of the russia collusion hoax That a whistleblower is claiming President Trump made nefarious promise to a foreign leader. The released transcript of that call has already debunked that central assertion. But that didn't matter. The Democrats simply moved the goalposts and began claiming that there doesn't need to be a quid pro quo for this conversation to serve as the basis for impeaching the president. Speaker Pelosi went further when asked earlier if she would put brakes on impeachment if the transcript turned out to be benign. She responded, quote, so there you go. If the whistleblower operation doesn't work out, the Democrats and their media, we have candidates, quote, we have many candidates for impeachable offenses. That was her quote. So there you go. If the whistleblower operation doesn't work out, the Democrats and their media assets can always drum up something else. And what other information has come to light since the original false report of a promise being made? We've learned the following. The complaint relied on hearsay evidence provided by the whistleblower. The inspector general did not know the contents of the phone call at issue. The inspector general found the whistleblower displayed arguable political bias against Trump. The Department of Justice investigated the complaint and determined no action was warranted. The Ukrainian president denies being pressured by President Trump. So once again, this supposed scandal ends up being nothing like what we were told. And once again, the Democrats, their media mouthpieces, and a cabal of leakers are ginning up a fake story with no regard to the monumental damage they're causing to our public institutions and to trust in government. And without acknowledging... This is another steel... Dossier. This is Russiagate 2.0. And what we've learned now is that this so-called whistleblower is a CIA agent whose identity is still withheld. But when, it, when and if it does come out, I can guarantee you it will turn out that he is a, uh, a close ally to John Brennan and a lot of these deep state liars and leakers that are being uh, put on the hot seat 
by Bill Barr and uh, John Durham trying to get to the bottom of all this. So the same people that told us it was okay for, for Obama and his State Department and his CIA and his FBI to spy on the Trump campaign using undercover operatives to infiltrate the campaign, using wiretaps to listen in to their phone calls and emails, using a public relations campaign conducted in the mainstream media and selective prosecutions against all of Trump's associates. They're now saying it's not okay for Donald Trump to ask any questions about how all of this got started. And if he does, it is somehow an impeachable offense. It's really quite remarkable. I think it's going to result in the Democrats losing the House and uh, and the Republicans being reelected to the White House and the Senate. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to get old Joe Biden's response to all of this right after these messages. Stick with us. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan and for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Um, let me turn to the uh, matter that we're here for. A lot of talk about this whistleblower complaint. John Radcliffe. Um, the question is, at this point, given what we have, why all the focus on this whistleblower? The best evidence of what President Trump said to President Zelensky is a transcript of what President Trump said to President Zelensky. I'm not casting aspersions on the whistleblower's good faith or their intent. Huh. But a secondhand account of something someone didn't hear isn't as good as the best evidence of what was actually said. And to that point... Despite good faith, the whistleblower is in fact wrong uh, in numerous respects. And I know everyone's not going to have time to read the whistleblower's complaint, but the whistleblower says that I am deeply concerned, talking about the president, that there was a serious or flagrant problem, abuse, or violation of the law. The whistleblower then goes on to say, uh, I was not a direct witness to the events described. However, I found my colleagues accounts of this to be credible. And then talking about those accounts of which this whistleblower complaint is based on, the whistleblower tells us the officials that I spoke with told me, and I was told that, and I learned from multiple U.S. officials that, and White House officials told me that, 
And I also learned from multiple U.S. officials that, in other words, all of this is secondhand information. None of it is firsthand information. Hearsay. The whistleblower then goes on to cite additional sources besides those secondhand information. Those sources happen to include mainstream media. The sources that the whistleblower bases his complaints on include the Washington Post, the New York Times, Politico, The Hill, uh, Bloomberg, ABC News, and others. In other words, much like the Steele dossier. It is just like the Steele dossier. If you read this document, I think it's seven pages, you can tell that it has been crafted to be something that the uh, the House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees can spend months and months uh, uh, chasing down one rumor, one innuendo, one hearsay after another in order to try to smear this president. And all of this was not put together by the principal, not by the leaker. It was put together by a law firm who, on the day after Donald Trump was elected, started taking out billboards throughout Washington, D.C., offering to pay money for whistleblowers to come forward and and um, work against the new administration. They are the deep state resistance. We know that the whistleblower is a, uh, a protege of John Brennan at the CIA. We don't know his exact identity yet, but we also know that the head of this resistance law firm is also a former intelligence officer in the CIA. It's another smear. It's another deep state effort to try to put this uh, this administration back on its heels to get uh, to keep them from getting to the wrongdoing that the deep state engaged in on behalf of the Obama administration. And what they're doing now is they're trying to paint Bill Barr's determination to get to the bottom of this as somehow illegitimate. They're trying to. Jerry Nadler over the Judiciary Committee is demanding that Bill Barr recuse himself from this investigation based on no wrongdoing whatsoever because he is exercising his oath of office to actually protect and diligently uh, defend the laws of this country. They caught up with old Joe Biden out on the campaign trail and uh, he was able to put his dentures back in his mouth long enough to uh, to comment on what was said today. The idea that someone would call a head of a foreign state ahead of time withhold significant military aid that's badly needed in order to prevent the Russian separatists who are in in Ukraine from taking over Ukraine, um, and uh, and then ask uh, basically to can you cooperate with uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani he's coming over and uh, and uh, and I and the thing I learned we learned we all learned recently is that statement that uh, the 2000 word statement released was that um, talked about getting the Justice Department engaged in this I mean yeah we don't want the Justice Department engaged in this because they might actually get to the bottom of why am I my former Recovering drug addict's son got $3 million who, uh, for the sole qualification of being the son of the vice president of the United States. Now, this is the same guy that says this is somehow illegitimate, who was just was saying this just about a year and a half ago. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Son of a bitch, he got fired. My son, his company got off the hook, and uh, the $3 million was well earned. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Doug Giles to talk about his new book, Would Jesus Vote for Trump? You don't want to miss that. But uh, just uh, hang in there with us. This is going to be Rushgate 2.0. We've got to stick it out and, uh, and wait for it all to resolve. We'll be right back after these messages. On Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Well, a reoccurring theme in the Democrat media is how can Christian evangelicals possibly support this heathen Donald Trump for re-election with his history of divorce and infidelity? Lately, the renowned sodomite Democrat presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg has taken to calling Christians who support Trump hypocrites. To talk about it, we're joined now by Doug Giles. He's founder and editor of Clash Daily and co-author of the new book, Would Jesus Vote for Trump? You can find it now on Amazon. Doug, thanks for joining us. Jim, we're shaking, big dog. Just, uh, just trying to get through this uh, this impeachment fever that has gripped Washington D.C. I can't believe we're about to be drugged back through it again. But I wanted to talk to you about your new book. Uh, Would Jesus vote for Trump? You know, we've got uh, we've got the Democrats who have uh, sort of developed a theme now in this reelection campaign that uh, if you support Donald Trump or are a Republican, uh, that you're somehow, um, you know, a, a hypocrite and not true to the faith. And I want to just uh, play a, a little clip for you of, uh, of an example of this. This is uh, Pete, Mayor Pete, St. Pete, uh, doing just that. We got to talk about one other thing, because the Republican Party likes to cloak itself in the language of religion. Now, our party doesn't talk about that as much, largely for a very good reason, which was we are committed to the separation of church and state, and we stand for people of any religion and people of no religion. But we should call out hypocrisy when we see it. And for a party that associates itself with Christianity, 
to say that it is okay to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone putting children in cages, has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. So, Doug, if you don't support open borders, you're not a good Christian. Yeah, it's funny that uh, old booty judge, Mayor Pete, said that um, that any any good person, anybody who claims Jesus, anybody that's evangelical, supports Trump, if, if they're against separation of families, they're the devil, and, uh, and Trump is, so you can't support him. I believe it was uh, uh, Jesus himself who said that I came to separate mother from daughter, father from son, brother against sisters. Uh, I came to bring a sword. I didn't come to bring peace. Members of your own household is going to be your worst enemy. So, you know, if we're going to run uh, um, Mayor Pete's <laughs> propositions through the gauntlet of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then I think he just got put in the wood chipper. What I find interesting about uh, uh, Mayor Pete and, <laughs> and the left when they start quoting Scripture, they're the party that booed God in their 2012 convention. They're the party of strident atheists, Satanists, pagans, I mean, the most unsavory uh, Star Wars bar scene that you can imagine of anti-theistic belief systems, socialist, communist, are part and parcel of the Democratic Party. So, yes, Pete, climb back up on your soapbox and preach to us about how onward we are for supporting uh, number 45. Well, you know, they say if you don't support uh, open borders that you're unchristian somehow, but they never make the corollary that every time somebody is arrested in this country for violating the law, they're separated from their children and they're put into cages. And those children are sent <laughs> off to, um, you know, to group homes or foster homes or if there's a relative available. Exactly how the children on the border are treated. So, you know, it just strikes me the yeah. fact that he's just using this religion to try to vilify uh, a religious faith, and that is the very definition of bigotry. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing is for old, uh, uh, Mr. Booty Judge is that Obama's the one who built those cages, I believe, back in uh, 2014 <laughs> that he so loathes now, and he didn't say diddly squat you know, about it uh, five years ago. Well, that's because uh, uh, Obama is virtuous, and, and, you are, and we are not. But, uh, you know, he also says... Mayor Pete does, that if you uh, are a skeptic in this global warming hoax, that uh, you are also not a Christian and not uh, worthy of uh, forgiveness. You know, the thing that I, I tackle in my book uh, with Jesus Vote for Trump in, re in relation to, you know, how can Christians support uh, uh, the president because of his deep dive in the superfluity and naughtiness back when he was a young 30-something uh, billionaire, um, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at him. It's like, you know, how can you? They told me this too when, I, when you know, I've been a very outspoken Christian for many moons, very successful in, in my uh, writing books. My blog on Clash Daily has 260 million page views. I mean, a lot of people uh, read my stuff, and um, and everybody knew that. You know, Doug's a believer. I know the Catholic buddies think that I've got the soul of a heretic, and my evangelical buddies think I got a, the mouth of a stevedore. But I do believe. Uh, Christ was uh, crucified on my behalf, and his death, burial, and resurrection is what saves me. It has nothing to do with any of my works. That said, I'm sitting there looking at uh, the ascendancy of Trump in uh, 2015 when he declared, came down that golden uh, staircase in Trump Towers, and then all my evangelical never-Trumpkin buddies that were you know, completely sold out to Ted Cruz and Ben Carson, whom I like, uh, they said, how can you support him? 
And uh, do you have any biblical precedents? Because the guy's got a bad past. Says, Listen, man, all of us have bad past. Exactly. But the Bible, it, the Bible's filled with uh, some really kooky characters that God used greatly, like King David who committed adultery and covered it up with murder. Uh, like Abraham who committed adultery and lied about being married twice and gave his wife to two different kings. Uh, Moses had uh, anger issues, murdered a dude, and was running from the law and had a crappy well, job. Well, the bottom line, the true. very cornerstone of the Christian religion is forgiveness and redemption. And, you know, if if at some point you're denied that, uh, then the the Christian, uh, the religion itself is bankrupt. Well, I think, uh, I think that's the, uh, you know, my daughter, uh, Hannah Giles, who destroyed Acorn with those nation-shaking undercover videos, she said, Dad, when I finished that book, she said the overarching theme of this is grace. You know, God use uh, God. God has nothing else, Jim, to use except us fallen, stupid, sin-laden creatures. And I guarantee every never Trumpkin on the right and every leftist uh, that's prattling on about Trump's past that if we were to follow them around 24/7-365, uh, look at their browser history, none of us would vote for them, none of us would befriend them, none of us would shake hands with them. We'd all flee from everybody because we're all freaky, creepy people that do not want the scrutiny that Trump's undergone uh, these last four years. Exactly. And um, what was I going to? Oh, uh, I was uh, I was noticing reading last week in the in the papers that um, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. over at Liberty University has taken a lot of heat for hiring the former Ole Miss football coach who uh, was fired from Ole Miss because. Uh, he had fallen short of his uh, his Christian, um, you know, uh, commitment, and uh, and you know, it just I, I don't know when uh, people forgot about the whole uh, principle of forgiveness and uh, and you know, uh, second chances. Yeah, it's gross to me, man. Because uh, you know, I I started doing drugs when I was twelve. Uh, I, too, did a deep dive into the superfluity of naughtiness after I got clocked by God at the age of 21 on December 7, 1983. I've botched a lot of square dances, man. <laughs> right. I have not been perfect. But you know what? God's a redeemer. He's a restorer. He uses broken uh, vessels. And uh, that's what we all are. And these people, man, they better they better understand that uh, to the merciless, God shows no mercy. And if people live in unforgiveness and bitterness and they're graceless jackasses and they have no forgiveness and no mercy, then guess what? God doesn't extend it to them when they take the big dirt nap, the audio snooze. And they might find their, their way on... Uh, on um, Bon Scott's famous tune, The Highway to Hell, once they take the uh, the big dirt nap. Doug, it strikes me like you're an advocate of a more um, uh, rigorous and, um, uh, oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for, powerful uh, type of Christianity. I see in, uh, in Europe the Pope in Rome is advocating for f- open borders and shaming people that if they don't literally um, contribute to the end of Western civilization, which is founded on Christian christendom that they are somehow unworthy yeah uh i'd love for the uh the pope to shut his blathering pie hole he he says that you know sitting on a pagoda a gold pagoda from the poor catholics that he takes you know uh strips money from uh he says that behind a 90 foot wall that another pope built to keep out Muslims. So you go first, Francis, and tear down your wall before you lecture us about how 
how right. borders are bad. You make uh, the the Vatican the new Constantinople, and we'll listen to what you have to say. Yeah, they're full of crap. He's a liberation theologian. He has nothing to do with uh, Christianity, and uh, he's a he's a radical socialist, and he uses uh, that little Elvis costume and his wand and all of his other gay priests to hide behind. It seems like godless Marxism has taken deep roots in the Catholic religion uh, in the form of this liberation theology, as well as all of the other um, basic institutions of Western civilization. Yeah, you look at uh, Saul Alinsky, who wrote Rules for Radicals and dedicated that to uh, El Diablo, Lucifer. Um, he said that one of the first rules that, that he um, does when he comes over to take a city or take the United States uh, or any kind of enclave, he said, immediately infiltrate the churches. And he, uh, in particular, went to the Catholic churches in Chicago, and they received him, you know, in his quote-unquote helps, you know, with open arms. The, the only problem is that they embraced, uh, you know, just radical socialism. And, um, and yeah, well, the Catholic you, it, Church has been in inundated with that garbage ever since if you look at the diocese in chicago right now they are a uh, a, a cesspool of uh, marxists and uh yeah, they're father, contributing father flager you know father, father flager is radical man. absolutely and contributing to the downfall and uh disintegration of that once great city i want to play a clip you for know, you here thing, go ahead yeah the one thing that uh that that you know evangelical ministers and people who stand on uh, the side of liberty and uh, and freedom in the scripture can learn from guys like Flager and stuff is uh, he's active. He believes what he believes and he goes for it. You know, most Christian ministers now are terrified of offending anybody. They're terrified of any kind of activism. They're terrified of, uh, you know, the thought police and being politically incorrect. And that's why uh, we keep getting our butt handed to us in regards to the culture wars and the and the political uh, squabbles that we get into. It just strikes me that if uh, if you believe that uh, your obligation is to turn the other cheek and and love your neighbor without uh, you know without uh, discernment, uh, and you're challenged by another culture that uh, believes in uh, just the opposite, that that is a recipe for disaster. And that's why historically, you know, the Catholic Church in Europe was uh, a much more I cannot think of the word uh, not defensive but robust in its uh, defense of Christianity. Yeah, the turn the other cheek proposition that we always get slapped with to, to settle down and curl up in the fetal position and wet our big Christian diaper uh, extends only to uh, personal persecution for one's faith. It has nothing to do with uh, self-defense. It has nothing to do with ecclesiastical and political wrangling, which the Scripture uh, definitely cheers on free speech and debate. I mean, you look at you look at uh, uh, Christ, the chief dragon slayer. Anytime he heard uh, lies, hype, and spin uh, spun in from in front of him, uh, be it by a, a bad politician or a bad priest, he didn't sit there and turn the other cheek. He slapped their cheeks with this thing called the truth, you right. know. But when it comes to you know, are you deny faith? You're going to get shot. Okay, shoot me. I don't care. But as far as uh, we're always supposed to defend truth, we're always supposed to defend our faith. And for any moronic Christian, especially pastor, who says otherwise, that we're just supposed to lie down and, and get walked on, you should have your ministerial license revoked because you don't understand diddly squat about the position that you hold. Well, we're not only being lectured to by uh, cultural Marxists and Democrats on you know what makes a good Christian, but we're also being lectured by Muslims. And here is a, 
a fellow named Wajit Ali on CNN um, following this theme that uh, good Christians can't support Trump or be a Republican. You think evangelicals are selling out to what end? Uh, because they believe that Donald Trump is Cyrus. They call him the Persian pagan king, who is a blunt instrument who will help them deliver religious freedoms for evangelical Christians, will give them conservative judges, who will be pro-life, and will also help protect Israel, not because they care about Jews, because Jews need to control Jerusalem before the second coming of God, which is not Trump, but Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, according to their end of times prophecy, uh, the Jews and Muslims will be erased. But it's still not worth it. And as a Muslim who went to an all all boys Jesuit Catholic high school. Can you imagine a uh, a news channel putting a Christian on to make such a, a, a critique of the Muslim <laughs> faith and all the hell that would break loose if that happened? Yeah, I had it done to me after 9-11, and uh, Robert Spencer over at jihadwatch.org lives in a uh, secluded location in New Hampshire uh, because of the strident death threats just for him in a very modulated, non-dug, bombastic-like way, uh, expose the truth about Islam. Why don't this guy talk about uh, Muhammad's nine-year-old wife, you know? Or the hundreds of wives he had, or uh, the, uh, the, the pr- right. precept that uh, Islam's based on to convert by the sword. Yeah, 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 let's bring up all the people that they've slaughtered. You know, it's, it, again, you know, it's uh, Christianity's bad. If Jim, if you're a Christian... If you're a conservative, if you're an evangelical, and uh, you believe in this thing of liberty, then, oh, my God, in, uh, in the sassy, secular United States of liberal acrimony, you're the Antichrist. i got to say, I, uh, I really appreciate the, the old Baptist religion and, and the muscular way in which they defend the religion and defend their, uh, their uh, political beliefs based on what is good for their values and their beliefs. Uh, this is Franklin Graham. Uh, who is, I would say, uh, the best uh, example that we could follow uh, and uh, commenting on why he, t- he supports Trump. I think he's been the most friendly uh, president to the Christian faith than anyone I can remember in my lifetime, uh, going back to Reagan or whoever. Uh, he has been very supportive in defending religious freedom. And I think it's important that we uh, work for Trump, try to help him, do all that we can to support him. I don't agree with everything he says or everything he tweets, um, but I certainly agree with what he's done as it relates to religious liberty and freedom and defending our rights to believe the way we believe God has called us uh, to live our lives. So I thank God for President Trump, and I encourage the churches to get behind him. And uh, I see Donald Trump as our, our last hope. You know, Doug, I don't uh, entertain any, any notions that uh, Donald Trump is a perfect man. None of us are. But certainly in the way that he has uh, pursued policy, he has defended uh, Christians and, uh, and people of all faiths, and he has, uh, he has defended life. And uh, there's not much more you could ask for a politician than that. Yeah, I would like, uh, uh, Jim, and, and your audience also, uh, do this uh, nasty challenge. Next time you get, especially somebody who calls himself a Christian, like, I just can't support Donald Trump, and I just, you know, he's just blah, 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 blah. Ask them if they can um, uh, tell you what was the first thing that Trump did uh, when he got behind that august desk where Bill boinked Monica. Ask them if they have any kind of knowledge whatsoever. I think it was uh, to cut... Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars from international abortion in the Mexico City policy, which happens to be the first thing that Obama enforced once he was inaugurated. 
Yeah, uh, Franklin's completely right, man. Every everything that concerns a Christian who uh, takes seriously uh, the implementation through the Constitution of the Judeo-Christian worldview, which happens to undergird Western civilization, which has happened to bless America uniquely for 200-plus years, which also happens to be the place where 97% of all the benevolence uh, spawns from in this planet. Uh, I think anybody who takes their worldview seriously and it being you know, morphed into policy that you know, free people can uh, exist, whether they buy into the belief system or not, if you look at what Trump's done, he's the Christian's best friend, and that's why we wrote uh, uh, what Jesus wrote for Trump. We go through 25 uh, different serious policy issues that's on the front of all reasonable and thinking people, and we run what Trump has done heretofore through the gauntlet of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, uh, and it's, you know, try to debate my book. It's 400 pages of serious biblical research, you know, that's, that's matched with his person and his policies. And I think from a, from a uh, biblical standpoint, I think, again, he's the believer's best buddy. Would Jesus vote for Trump? You can get it on Amazon. Doug, uh, I'd like to hold you through the break if you've got time and uh, come back and talk to you a little bit about this impeachment fever that's gripped Washington, D.C. Yeah, you bet. Hold on. Mojo. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. And we're talking with Doug Giles, founder and editor of Clash Daily. His new book is Would Jesus Vote for Trump? And you can get it on Amazon. Doug, I wanted to, just while I've got you, talk to you a little bit about what's going on in Washington, D.C. It looks like the Democrats uh, have been gripped by this fever, and old Nancy has uh, capitulated to her far-left base. And uh, and they are now uh, embarked on what I would call Russiagate 2.0 in a desperate attempt to uh, to continue, you know, pursuing Trump and keep him from getting a second term. What are you? What's your take on what's going on, bro? I love it. You talk about, uh, you know, would Jesus vote for Trump? I think God just gave uh, America and everybody who like like likes what Trump's doing a gift. Man, this is the dumbest crap that I've seen the the Democrats do heretofore. And uh, like you said, they're blind with Trump derangement syndrome. You know, before it was Stormy Daniels, you know, oh, Stormy's going to bring him down. Brett Kavanaugh was a gang raper. That didn't work. Racism. Wasn't they, weren't they trying, to, weren't Ra- they trying to impeach Kavanaugh like two weeks ago? Oh, it's a, and, and just before that, it was something else. Uh, it's been a constant stream of uh, these yeah, then, uh, these hoaxes. But this, uh, this latest this. one really takes the cake because basically 
once you see right through it, it's just Russiagate 2.0. They're just continuing to try to keep this administration on the defensive so that uh, Trump yeah, won't have a chance to get to the bottom of the deep state wrongdoing in 2016. Uh, that's what blows up in their face. And if people think I'm crazy about, uh, you know, all of their gotcha moments blowing up in their in their face, just uh, ask Andrew McCabe how things are going and James Comey. I think it's um, I think, you know, Tulsi Gabbard seems like the only person that's got a lick of common sense. The last and, adult uh, were left in the room over at the Democrat Party. Yeah, she, she's saying, listen, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. The country's already divided deep enough. This is, <laughs> this is going to tilt it, you know, completely to the right. Uh, first of all, impre- impeaching Trump's never going to happen. The Constitution requires a two-thirds supermajority to convict him. Uh, it's like you said about Pelosi. Every time that chick gets that uh, Westworld band roll on glaze and she looks like she's got <laughs> something very important to do, like you know her well-orchestrated bowel movement's about to happen, I know that whatever's going to come out of her mouth next is complete and utter BS. And... Uh, <laughs> And that's what we saw happen uh, just the other night. And uh, I'm so behind this. Uh, Jim, I've got to tell you, man, I'm so behind this because when, when the air goes out of this balloon, the public is going to punish the Democrats for this stuff because we just spent two years and 25 to $40 million on the Mueller investigation and got a big nothing burger out of it. This is going to be the same thing, if not worse. I don't think it's going to live very long, uh, to be honest with you. We've all seen this movie before. This is just a bad sequel, and what they're doing is, is just highlighting now that it's focusing focusing on Ukraine, this uh, this spying uh, and this uh, all all of these dirty tricks that the deep state perpetrated on Donald Trump uh, in 2016, yeah. and they have chosen uh, their ground to stand on the most uh, you know unfavorable ground you could possibly take, uh, and it's going to exp- it's going to blow Joe Biden's campaign up, and it's going to leave the Democrats with a a socialist from Massachusetts as their candidate, uh, unless they figure out some way to uh, to blow her out too. But you know how how well has it worked for the Democrats trying to elect leftists from Massachusetts in the past? Kerry and and uh, uh, Dukakis. And yeah, and don't and don't Kennedy. forget Mitt Romney. It didn't, Mitt it didn't Romney, work for us either. Mitt Romney. <laughs> there you go, Kennedy, Romney, Dukakis, and Kerry, four time losers. It's almost like yeah, the Democrats I, have a death wish. I tell you what, uh, I, uh, I haven't been hearing too much from old creepy Joe Biden about this. I guarantee that he's going to be the one that comes out of the big loser because he actually did uh, bully the Ukrainians into firing the prosecutor and withholding aid from them, and he brags about it, and we got it on video from, from last summer. Also, Hunter Biden, uh, he's, gonna, he's got a lot of explaining to do, as uh, Lucy uh, or, or Ricky used to say to Lucy all the time in the Lucille Ball show, how, how did how did old Hunter Biden uh, get you know six hundred thousand dollars a year to to do a job that he doesn't know diddly squat? Well, about. you're how wrong about you're Biden? wrong about that, Doug. He had a very he was qualified for that job, and his sole qualification, but it was an overwhelming qualification. He was the son of the U.S. Vice President, and that three yeah, million dollars uh, uh, that they paid him for that board position was. Money well spent because he did, in fact, get those corruption charges dismissed, uh, and that was what he was there for to begin with. Well, this is go, this man. is such a simple standard. This is such a simple um, uh, corrupt a bit of corruption that everybody can recognize. The only 
qualification Hunter Biden had to sit on that board was his dad was vice president. And then, yeah. lo and behold, his vice president dad turned around and had those charges dismissed. Case closed. Yeah, no corruption there, man. And, huh? uh, and Biden's uh, uh, strangely silent uh, today. But, um, I, again, I want this thing to go to a vote. Uh, I want the House reps and the senators who want to vote for impeachment, I want them to, to get on record real quick. I say we push for the vote. Uh, here's what's going to happen. If, if they go for impeachment and they fail, uh, they won't be reelected, especially in battleground states. So I say let's do it, man. Let's get on this, <laughs> let's get on this horse. Well, it would be nice if the, the Senate Republicans grew a pair and actually called Hunter Biden up there to testify in open court the same way that they, uh, they have Trump's kids or uh, open hearings and uh and and start fighting back a little bit it makes me wonder sometimes while they sit in their hands up there in the senate judiciary and intelligence committees if the deep state doesn't actually have something on uh, richard burr and uh, lindsey graham yeah you never know man uh again you know it's a weird and fetid game this political world and uh you know Cardinal rule of politics is never be caught in bed with a dead woman or a live man. So there could be some pictures floating out there. Uh, uh, Barr seems like an up, upright type dude. And, um, you know, the fallout again from the blowback on the Mueller investigation and all the FISA abuses and all that other stuff, um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe we have to wait a little while, Jim, after Trump uh, wins in a landslide in 2020. But, uh, yeah, I think they could still I think they could still be in some deep weeds. For the Republicans retake the House and, uh, and hold the Senate, yeah, exactly. and maybe we can start getting some stuff done for the American people. Yeah, something like that. Doug Isles is founder and editor of Clash Daily and co-author of the new book, Would Jesus Vote for Trump? You can get it on Amazon. And you can visit his website at ClashDaily.com, where you can find his excellent podcast. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug underscore Giles. That's G-I-L-E-S. Doug underscore Giles. Doug, thanks for joining us. It's great to talk to you. I hope you come back and join us again sometime. Yeah, buddy. Stay ready, Jim. Take care. Well, that's about it for this show. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. For another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. We'll talk to you then. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes, and they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. 